I'm excited by that statement. You may have sensed some of that. And what we're looking at today is the new identity that Paul had in Christ, that we have in Christ, and we're going to be basing what we're looking at on the Gospels of Mark and the book of Acts. In Mark chapter 1, verses 9 to 11, this is what uh, Mark wrote. He said, oh, didn't, didn't put that one on the screen either. I've got it here in front of me. Let me look at it. Mark chapter 1, verse 9 says, At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, in whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So before Jesus started his public ministry, God confirmed or announced that the kingdom of God was there through the baptism of his son. At Jesus' baptism, he identified Jesus as his son. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit. And lastly, we looked at how, how the Holy Spirit was given. And he's the one who's the lead character, if you like, in the story of the book of the Acts of the Apostles. And this is true for us also. God's Holy Spirit comes upon us to give us purpose and a sense of mission in life. It's his desire to lead us into following Jesus and continuing the mission that Jesus started. But we have to embrace that new identity. We have to say, yes, Lord, this is what I want. I want you to be the game changer, as that young lady said, in my life. And I want you to help me to tell others about you. So Paul uses this um, Holy Spirit presence as the anchor, if you like, in the book of the Acts of the Apostles. It could easily be called the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit leading people to do the things that they did in that book that Luke writes about. I wonder what your reality is like today. Are you a person that listens and longs for God's Holy Spirit to speak to you, his word by the Spirit, and lead you? And that's what Paul is doing writing about. So Paul came to faith in Jesus. It was a fairly dramatic uh, uh, conversion as we read there earlier. For those young women in that video, it was a life-changing moment. Both of them had been seeking the truth. Um, they were just excerpts on that film that I've, I've combined together from our study on Tuesday night that we did, Jesus the Game Changer. And, and there's a bit of background there that, that, that they weren't allowed to look for the truth as young children. They were discouraged. And so when they were able to uh, become more adults, they were able to find the truth and came to faith in Jesus. So Saul is an interesting character. Many of us know Saul's story. And um, I have a video clip here. Again, one of the ones from the screen. I think it's going to play for us. I don't think it's going to play for us. Nope, not going to play for us. Okay. Uh, and it talks about Saul's conversion the last part of it. So, so for us, we know the story of Acts chapter 9. Saul was passionate for God. He was a person who wanted to do God's will and to the point of persecuting people of the way. That's how he saw his passion and his commitment uh, fulfilled. Along that way, he met Jesus. He came into the presence of Jesus unknowingly. Who are you, he asked. 
Jesus said, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. From that point on, Paul became powerless. He was blinded. He had to be led by the hand. We know that he was taken into the town and then later on the truth was revealed to him. So he then became, then, then had a purpose for life. And the purpose for his life was to take the truth of the good news of Jesus, the gospel, to the Gentile world. Now he was a Jew, but he felt God saying to him clearly that he was to go to the Gentile world. If you look at verses 20 and 22 of Acts chapter 9, this is what it says. Verse 20 of chapter 9, At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. So this is after his conversion. He was passionate about Jesus. All those that heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? That was his task that he brought to court. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah. So immediately after Paul meets Jesus, he's baptised, he begins to follow Jesus. Last week, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel and you'll be my witnesses. So he began to preach. Now he didn't, he, he didn't preach out of a uh, uh, no-knowledge background. He had great knowledge as a, as a study of the Jewish scriptures. So he knew all the prophecies about Jesus he was able to build on that and to teach people that the Messiah had to come. He was a zealot and he baffled the Jews because he had become, he was a zealot, zealot for God and now he was a zealot for Jesus. And they were totally baffled. He had been totally and utterly transformed in his, in his reality in life, his identity by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if anybody is a standout character in the book of Acts, it's the Apostle Paul as he took the gospel to places that have never heard the gospel before. So this morning, in our thoughts, as we're thinking about Jesus being the game changer, I think there are three, three key messages that Paul brings to the New Testament church. And this is, this is an overview of the book of Acts, if you like. It's a fairly quick summary. And the first one is that Jesus came for all of humanity, for Jerusalem and for the ends of the earth. It's interesting, next, that page up there is the page behind what I'm sitting on. I don't know why that's doing that, but anyhow, we'll get there. One of the um, interview, pe- people that was interviewed on the, um, on the Jesus the Game Changer video, a guy by the name of Tom, Tom Hollands, said this. He said, Paul is absolutely the key figure in the emergence of the form of Christianity that the world today is the heir to. So, Paul was the motivator, prime mover, essential to the Christianity that we practice today uh, is based on a lot of Paul's teachings about who Jesus was. The decisive teaching that he argues for and successfully incubates within the infant church is the idea that Christ died for all of humanity, so not just for the Jews. Do we agree? That's what Paul taught. We knew that Christ came for the world. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This chapter, Tom Holland goes on to say, and that the law of Moses, therefore, in a sense has been superseded, not forgotten about, but superseded because Christ has fulfilled the law. 
So Paul, in a famous phrase, says that there is no Jew or Greek, no divisions in the kingdom of God anymore. And this is the idea that difference is dissolved, that Christ has come for the whole of humanity. It's a, it's a fusion between Jewish specificity, how's that saying that word? Glad I didn't say it. And Greek cosmopolitanism. So what it is, is the Jews were very narrow in their outlook. You had to be a Jew and nothing else. And now the gospel is going to everybody. The truth of Christ. It fuses the idea that, that there is a covenant that God, in a sense, has entered into a close personal relationship with all the world. And this is a fusion of Jew and Greek ideas. That in Paul's letters, we'll have the power to shape and transform the world. And that's what the gospel has done, hasn't it? Shape and transform the world. So Paul's passion and his primary mission was for Gentiles. With, with this message of Christ, that he came for the whole of humanity. That's what we believe, isn't it? That, that the gospel is for all mankind. And uh, it's exciting to see that lived out. The second thing that, that Paul talks about is Jesus offers a new identity, not just a new behaviour. See, it was really easy in the time of uh, Christ to change religion just by your outward behaviour. And you could act like uh, someone who honoured the multi-god or act like someone who monitored... Uh, worship the one God just by your outward actions and sadly many of the the priests and the clergy of Jesus' day were not changed inwardly they were changed outwardly and so Paul went around with the message of saying your identity is new in Christ it's not just a new behaviour now we visited Ephesians I think it was last year didn't we? we visited Ephesians last year and we saw that in the first three chapters of Ephesians it was all about a formation of identity. It's a new identity. Jesus offers us a new identity in himself. And then in the last um, three chapters, four to six, we talk about how Christ's new identity lives itself out in our lives. Is this verse familiar for you? 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Hands up if you've had that experience that you saw such a change in your life. The old is gone, the new has come because you now follow Christ. And that's what we look for in people. That's how Paul says the transformation will happen. It will happen when people accept and see the new identity that they already have in Christ. Life will be different, behaviour will be different. And that was Paul's message. The third key message that he brings is that the gospel changes everything, not just individual lives. The gospel changes everything. With the coming of the good news of Jesus, the world was changed. Whether people believed in him or not, the gospel of Jesus brought changes to the whole world. One other commentator on the Jesus the Game Changer series says this, a man by the name of Mark Knowles. He says, a really good sociologist, Rodney Stark, now at Baylor University, has made the very persuasive and interesting thesis. He says, early Christianity spread, yes, because the message was effective, yes, because the person of Jesus was attractive, 
but perhaps most because Christians were simply there in a not very well-organized, not too systematic way. They were there as the representatives of Jesus. Christians were simply there to do acts of kindness, acts of humanity, outreach in situations where Roman culture did not smile favorably on that kind of person-to-person, group-to-group outreach. Just by living life in their new identity as followers of Jesus, simply there is the impact that the Christians have. The gospel has the power to change the way we view others, the way we treat others, the way we care for others, and the way we include others. And there have been people in this church that have come to me and said, we feel very welcome, we feel at home. Isn't that exciting? When you hear those sort of words. The gospel is the very power of God to live life in a new identity for all who believe. In fact, Romans reminds us of that. Romans 1, verses 14 to 17 says this, I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome all right. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentiles. For in the gospel, the righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. It's the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes. I want us to dream a little bit this morning and think about what could happen if some of these messages that Paul preached were grasped by the majority of our community. What would happen? What would happen if people today encountered radical transformation after meeting Jesus just like Paul did in his conversion journey? What would happen? I wonder if people would understand that in our diverse and multicultural issues that Christ offers a sense of going forward, a sense of change. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Would the barriers come down? Yes, they would. If people honestly and sincerely lived out their faith in Jesus. What, are the, what about those people who struggle with past hurts or broken relationships? We've heard some of that this morning. What if they had this radical encounter with Jesus? Would those relationships be on the, on the mend? Would they be working towards being repaired? I believe they would. We see, we see hardship and poverty in our community. If we as a church, if we as, as followers of Jesus, realised our new identity and lived out our faith in Christ, then we would probably be emulating what the early church did in that time. Caring for one another in, in all sorts of ways, uh, both economically and financially. There's lots of other contexts in our community that the gospel would change if there was a radical transformation, a radical evidence of God's power at work. And I believe that's what we should be praying for in our own lives and for our community. How do people experience this? How do people come to see Jesus, come to meet Jesus? I believe there's lots of opportunity. We can provide opportunities for people to respond to the gospel and be baptised. Now, not everybody's just going to walk into the doors, into the open doors of this church. But if we're in our everyday context, 
telling them about the difference that Jesus has made in their life, it'll be an opportunity for them to hear and to respond and to be baptized. I wonder how we, we, we share our faith in our community. Now, in the past, this church has run uh, uh, Christian Inflamed and Alpha programs. Maybe we need to do that again soon. Uh, if, if there are people keen and passionate about running those courses for the, for the wider community. And certainly we've seen people come to faith through Alpha and Christian Mixed Flame, the Christian Mixed School. What about welcoming people into the Christian community? How can we welcome people and help them be incorporated into our Christian community? Now some churches run uh, a new attenders breakfast or, or new attenders lunches. Some, and we certainly run small groups or home groups where people are invited to come into a, a not-so-formal uh, environment where they can be welcomed into and received as part of the church. The challenge for us today is how will we live out the reality of what we know to be true in the good news of Jesus and the coming of the kingdom of God through the presence and power and equipping of His Holy Spirit within us? How do we live that out to a point where lives are being changed around the world. Sometimes it's by not saying anything at all. Sometimes it's by rolling up with a, uh, a casserole uh, to someone you know that's really in need of it. Sometimes it's a, uh, a, a, a text or an email saying, do you need anything today? By being there for people. We can change the world by not saying anything. But then we have the opportunity on many occasions to speak out what we know to be true. Let's not miss any of those. Let's take them up. Because we know that the power of the gospel is amazing. Every time I see that video and the, uh, the home group will testify to, I get all choked up when those two young ladies talk about their coming to faith in Christ. And I've heard many like that. It chokes me up to the, the passion of the pastors. And I pray that we'll see more of that in the days ahead. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we have a good news story to tell. There's so often there's difficult and troubled stories in our community. We, we know the fear and the anxiety that's out there because of the COVID virus and, and uh, people not operating by common sense and, and doing all the practical and appropriate things. Father, we know that there's a, uh, an anxiety and a fear in people's hearts. Uh, and Lord, you're the only one that can bring peace and offer hope and purpose to those hearts and minds. So we pray, Lord, for opportunities to speak into those people's lives. Lord, we pray that, um, that there'll be radical encounters with Jesus, the people that we've been praying about, praying for for years, that somehow you might show up in a dream or you might show up in a, in a person sharing from the love of Christ, that you might speak from your word to them. Lord, we long for the day when our communities will be changed because people are coming to faith in Christ. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. You've given us the truth and you've given us the hope that we have for every new day. We praise you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We invite our singers and musicians to come back and we'll conclude with the uh, final song.